The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the SMA Flash Briefings. Hi, I'm Price Woldridge. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading flash briefings for spinal muscular atrophy. Here's an article by Marissa Wexler, MS. Newborn screening pilot for SMA in Belgium grows into official program. A pilot newborn screening program for spinal muscular atrophy that started in Liege province has transitioned into an official government-run program spanning southern Belgium. Its architects describe their experience, highlighting concepts that may be useful for creating similar programs as well as problems that arose and how they were addressed. Our project confirms that a pilot program can be rapidly transitioned into the official NBS program, the researchers wrote. The study, three years pilot of spinal muscular atrophy newborn screening turned into official program in southern Belgium, was published in Scientific Reports. Three disease-modifying SMA treatments have become available since late 2016, and Spinraza, or Nusinersen by Biogen, was added to the country's public health program in September 2018. A wealth of data linked better outcomes to therapy started before disease symptoms are evident, the researchers noted, highlighting the importance of an early diagnosis. Newborn screening involves testing an infant's blood sample for genetic mutations that cause SMA allowing a baby to be diagnosed within a day of birth. In early 2018, a pilot project called Sun May Arise on SMA was launched in Liege province. The program rapidly expanded to cover all of southern Belgium. It was a collaborative effort involving testing centers, pharmaceutical companies, government agencies, and patient advocacy groups. It also engaged the general public through outreach like a dedicated Facebook page. This widespread collaboration was key to the program's success, according to the researchers. Retrospectively, the key element in the successful transition from the trial project to a government-sanctioned public health program was the involvement and unanimous support of all stakeholders from the beginning of the project and throughout its duration, they wrote. A clear government structure helped to build a strong partnership between pilot study leaders, the regional agency in charge of NBS and NBS centers. Public involvement gave rise to support from across the political spectrum in Belgium, the team added. Newborns were screened for the most common cause of SMA, where both copies of the SMN1 gene, one inherited from each biological parent, have the same mutation, a deletion of part of the gene called exon 7. Nine newborns with such mutations were identified between March 2018 and February 2021 through NBS. A tenth child, not identified in a screening, was diagnosed with SMA at four months of age after symptoms were noticed. The child was found to have one exon 7 deletion and one other type of mutation. To date, no other false positives or negatives have been noted. Most infants diagnosed through the NBS program started on treatment before they were two months old, either Spinraza or Evrisdi or Rizdaplam by Roche, or the gene therapy Zolgensma by Novartis, both then available through clinical trials. The researchers noted some factors that allowed for faster turnaround times. For example, better equipment and a dedicated technician allowed a lab to reduce the average time needed to run a test by more than three days. 
investigators also noted some complications. For example, in one child, identified as having SMA through screening, the parents initially refused treatment. They were not native French speakers, a language widely spoken in southern Belgium, and a family member translated at the initial consultation where the diagnosis was shared. In hindsight, this might have been avoided if a professional translator had been present during the first consultation, the team wrote. A translator was brought into later consultations, but the parents continued to refuse treatment, saying they preferred to wait until their daughter developed symptoms. However, the baby's medical team felt that was unethical, given the importance of an early start to withhold treatment. Ultimately, the medical team consulted a family court, and after a prosecutor offered opinions supporting treatment, the parents agreed to begin treatment. One year after birth, the mother stated that they had been in such an emotional state that they were unable to make the right decision, and now recognized that the treatment was the best solution, the team noted. Researchers stressed the importance of having clear laws to help navigate cases such as this. The present authors believe that the interest of the child must take priority over parents' rights. A collegial discussion of these potential issues prior to implementation of an NBS program is necessary, they wrote, noting that the high cost of approved SMA therapies likely initially hampered the implementation of NBS programs by the political authorities. The investigators also argued that these prices strongly supported NBS as it allows for SMA to be diagnosed before symptom onset, when these treatments are most effective. NBS is run by different government agencies in northern and southern Belgium. Leaders in northern Belgium have pledged to include a similar NBS program for SMA by next year. Coming up next, Perspectives from SMA News Today Forum's moderator, Deanne Runge. Thanks for joining me. I'm Deanne Runge, SMA News Today content creator. It's been a while since I've read a column by Katie Napawaki, but I love her writing, and today I have her most recent article called The Asymmetries of a Physical Therapy Routine and a Koala's Conquest. Not only did it remind me of my physical therapy endeavors, it also reminded me of a stuffed animal that I drew inspiration from that was, yes, a koala. So here's her article. My body tensed, rigid as the blue therapy mat beneath my body. The physical therapist cradled my right leg, directing me to push my foot against his hand with all the might I could muster from the sleepy depths of my hamstrings. Face scrunched and fists clenched, my brain focused hard on the action I desired my leg to perform. My punk rock muscles, however, regularly exercised their own middle finger at me. I shook my head in hushed frustration. My right leg is weaker than my left, I said, compelled to defend my leg's dispirited attitude. The therapist scribbled something down in his notes and smiled at me from gem blue eyes that embellished the canvas of surgical mask across his face. We all have our asymmetries, he kindly offered. The words traveled from my mind to my heart like a lightning strike. I pushed forward with the therapy session while an electrical hum of emotional agitation massaged my body. In many situations of discomfort, I turned to memories. Formal physical therapy, PT, hasn't been a regular component of my adult life with SMA, 
and that when I say formal PT, I'm referring to venturing out on a scheduled basis to a brick-and-mortar location with a therapist. Nowadays, my physical stimulation, stretching, massage, and range of motion are all parts of my daily care routine that my awesome caregivers are trained to assist me with. During early childhood, I lived and breathed formal PT. My mom ensured my regular attendance and efforts to slow or plateau the progression of my muscle weakness. While I never walked independently during toddlerhood, I was able to intermittently use a tiny walker for a span of a few hours. I most frequently used my walker during the last stretch of my PT sessions, which involved strapping on my knee, ankle, foot orthosis and stepping out beyond the large rehabilitation room and into the fluorescent tunnel of a sterile hospital corridor. I don't aptly recall the sensation of walking, but I vaguely remember wading through a swamp of quicksand, tiring quickly with each drag of my toes in my kick-ass LA gear sneakers. With each awkward, jagged step, I coaxed my curiosity into the spotlight from the shadows. I set my sights on the ice cream we'd surely be stopping for on the drive home. And one other thing, the koala picture. Once I'd walked down the entire hospital wing to the last picture hanging on the wall, a euphorically peaceful koala hugging the highest of treetops, I knew I'd met my goal and my body could rest. My mom and grandma were behind me every step of the way. During these PT strolls, I passed an array of wall art. I couldn't recount or describe any of the others to you, but that koala portrait spoke to me in greater ways than a clinging beacon of chill vibes, cuddles, and ultimate cuteness. From the treetops, the koala has evolved and adapted. Seeing the beauty and vastness of the world from a perspective not shared by most others within the animal kingdom. Up there, they offer protection of their own being in tranquil connection with nature. It is said the koala climbs trees to bridge the gap between earthly motivations and the wisdom of spirituality. The climb has been lengthy and I have much further to travel, but I've entered a point on my journey with SMA that grants me the gift of a rare, panoramic view of life. My body isn't flexible, but my mind is another story. My disability has widened my vision to encompass the surrounding magic in the mundane, easily glazed over by average eyes. From such great heights, I've accepted and even embraced my SMA story with warmth. I breathe deeply the new scenery every day. Rather than seeing the world in grayscale, I see all the colors, name them, and paint them across the sky. I often write about acceptance, but my burden complex dominates my thoughts at times. I feel many emotions at once, and they transition from moment to moment, day to day. I tend to disqualify the positives and feel overwhelmed by the distinctive characteristics of my SMA body, which are asymmetrical. As I've evolved and adapted to my place among the forest canopy, my climb has never been linear in time or trajectory. Progress is not achieved on a straightened arrow, but by the way of setbacks and obstacles and hard lessons learned. I've grown to regard my disability as an attribute of my soul, a testament to all that is still out there for me to touch. Our asymmetries lend strength to what we can imagine and become. How motivated we are doesn't define the impact we can make, but rises from the capacity of our hearts. 
Thanks for sharing this with us, Katie. I think a lot of us can draw parallels to your story. And I have a newfound respect for my koala, the stuffed animal, who ironically his name was Katie. Katie the koala. Whoa, that's weird. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the article. If you want to read the entire article, head to smanewstoday.com. But that's all I have for you today. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.